I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is an arrangement of We Three Kings of Orient R, performed by Electron Planet. The arrangement used under license is the musical theme for the companion AIC video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series Epiphany, the Manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, which is presented in three episodes, each linked from the digital library page, with the podcast version linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Epiphany season, Anglican traditions of Epiphany, comment on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Epiphany Day, and the six Sundays after the Epiphany in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Fifth Sunday after the Epiphany are discussed in Episode 3. The prayer book service for Fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is read only in years when Easter is very late. In years when Easter is early, it can be read on the 25th Sunday after Trinity. The rules for how this can happen are discussed in the series in Episode 3. The epistle reading for fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17, is another of St. Paul's homilies on the Christian virtues and the wisdom of forgiveness and also a lesson on the value of liturgical worship. St. Paul is generally called the Apostle to the Gentiles. He begins this short pericope in verse 12a by calling Christians the, quote, elect, unquote, of a holy and beloved God. St. Paul's ideal virtues were the inspiration for the later lists of Christian virtues finalized around the 6th or 7th century. In this pericope, in verses 12b, 13, and 14, St. Paul specifically mentions compassion, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, and forgiving of one another, and love, which is called charity in the King James Version, as used in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Modern Christians tend to ignore how and when these ideas, based upon the doctrines of Christ in the Gospels and the interpretations of St. Paul and others, became Christian doctrine. The pioneering work was by St. John Climacus, author of The Ladder of Divine Ascent in the 6th century, who created a list of primary or capital virtues being humility, liberality, which means generosity and not today's politicized meaning, chastity, mildness, temperance, meaning a measured appropriate response to alcohol and not the avoidance of alcohol, contentment and diligence. From this list, the Western Church in the late 6th and early 7th centuries, then led by Pope Gregory the Great, developed a list of seven deadly sins, pride, envy, gluttony, lust, anger, greed, and sloth, and seven contrary virtues, 
which are the exact opposite of the deadly sins. And these virtues are humility, kindness, abstinence, chastity, patience, liberality, and diligence. They are discussed in more detail in the entry for virtue in our bookstore publication, Lamus Lexicon. As any Anglican can tell you, St. Paul believed that of this list of virtues, love, or again charity in the King James text, was the greatest. In this reading, he calls it the, quote, bond of perfection in verse 14b. In my homilies for the third and fourth Sundays in Advent, I address the Christian understanding of love and the several Greek words which are translated as love, and in the seasonal video for first day of Christmas, which is Christmas Day, I explore the meaning of agape, the most important Greek word for love. St. Paul also understood, as many in the modern church do not, that peace in Scripture does not mean earthly peace, as in the absence of war and civil conflict, but God's peace of which he speaks in the closing verses. The message describes the church and its people as one body with Christ. Many scholars believe the word thankful is a reference to the sacrament of Holy Eucharist, which literally means a thanksgiving in Greek. Here's verses 15, 16, and 17 in the NKJV text. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The Gospel reading for fifth Sunday after the Epiphany Matthew 13, verses 24 to 30, is generally called the parable of the wheat and the tares. The parable of the sower is related in Mark 4, 1 to 9, and Luke 8, 4 to 9, covers a similar topic, but St. Matthew's account is a different parable that is unique to the synoptic gospels. Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven to a man sowing good seed in the fields and his works being destroyed by the enemy, a reference to Satan. Just as in life in the world, the works of the faithful are often corrupted or turned to other purposes by the working of Satan. In the parable, the sower plants good seed, yet what comes up is not only the good wheat, but also the tares, a weed which looks something like wheat, but is not wheat. In the Anglican Litany, or General Supplication, Archbishop Cranmer's petition for deliverance from the crafts and assaults of the devil and the deceits of the world, the flesh and the devil, reflect the same idea. His servants query the man about why tares have appeared in the field of good wheat. The man blamed the enemy, and the servants asked the sower whether they should go through the fields and uproot the tares. And the answer is no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together, and at the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. This lesson in the coming of judgment at the end of the age is the reason 
this reading is placed within the cycle during Epiphany season. Just as in Advent season and Epiphany, there are two messages. In Advent, we prepare for both the first coming at the Nativity and the second for his coming again to be our judge. In this unique lesson in the Gospel of St. Matthew, we are instructed by Jesus himself concerning the fate of those who succumb to the temptations offered by the evil one. They will be gathered, bundled, and burned, where the fruit of the good seed, the wheat, will be added to his barn. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net, with seasonal videos and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. In the AIC Bible study video series, New Testament Gospels, St. Matthew's account of the parable of the wheat and the tares is found in episode 6 in the context of the kingdom parables. In the Lord's Prayer, phrase by phrase, you can hear about the NKJV translation of evil as the evil one in episode 2. The 12 Days of Christmas, a seasonal video series presented in 12 episodes. These begin with first day of Christmas, December 25th, and go through 12th day of Christmas, January 5th, offering a theological lesson and a word or phrase for each day. The key word for December 25th is love. Love is also discussed in the podcast homily for Christmas Day. The Lives of the Saint, our multiple episode Christian education video series. In the first series, St. Paul is the subject of episode 5 and St. Matthew of episode 14. In the second series, St. Gregory the Great is the subject of episode 14, St. John Climacus of episode 15, and Archbishop Thomas Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, the Gospel of Matthew, annotated and illustrated, is discussed and illustrated in chapter 13. In the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated, the similar parable of the sower is discussed and illustrated in chapter 8. In the Gospel of Mark, annotated and illustrated, St. Mark's shorter version is discussed and illustrated in chapter 4. In layman's lexicon, phrases of interest are Satan on pages 198 to 202 and virtues on pages 234 to 235. And finally, the St. Chrysostom Hymnal, another AIC bookstore publication, includes traditional epiphany hymns and carols not found in the venerable 1940 hymnal. Information about AIC Bookstore publications is available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the home page. Or directly using my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after .com must be in lowercase letters. My closing prayer is the Collect for Fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, which, like that of Fourth Sunday after Epiphany, 
was taken by Archbishop Cranmer from the Gregorian Sacramentary of the late 5th, early 6th century. It speaks to the issues raised in both the epistle and the gospel readings. O Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy church and household continually in thy true religion, that they who do lean only upon the hope of thy heavenly grace may evermore be defended by thy mighty power, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.